You're listening to Work It Lady, where the goal is for all ladies to be the best versions of ourselves. And if you happen to be a mom, be the best mom ever and maintain your sanity while we do it. Well, ladies, I happen to have a fellow mom in today. One thing that I really want to key in on is this is going to be a very interesting episode for those of us who have ever considered adoption. And we're going to talk about that. And to help us do that, I have a wonderful guest today. Her name is Susanna McMonagall. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yes, thank you so much for being here. Um, so let's just kind of start on this adoption um, topic um, straight away. Um, I know this is something that a lot of people want to do. They have a lot of yeah. questions about. It's something I actually considered myself. Mm-hmm. And so I want to ask you, what could you say to a mom out there who's on the fence about adopting? Great question. First of all, thanks for having me, Clary. I'm excited to be here. I'm always so thrilled to talk about adoption. It is near and dear to my heart. So I am thrilled to have an opportunity to speak about it. So what would I say to a mom who's on the fence about adoption? I would start with thinking about two pieces. Number one, really, what's like your motivation? What's your main reason for wanting to adopt? And I would couple that with kind of a second tier question about capacity. So let's start with like the motivation piece right now. In my opinion, most of the people I've ever met have um, really worthy reasons for adopting, right? They love kids. They have a heart for stepping in the gap for families. They have a deep desire to be parents and to mold kids. And um, they want to maybe give back to a kid if they themselves had an adult who really influenced them as a kid themselves. And so A lot of people I know who come to adoption, they do not come to that lightly. They have done a lot of work. I like to say, you know, it's a great mix between the heart work and the hard work because the heart work is working on, you know, what's on the inside and how you're going to show up for a kid. And the hard work is really maybe having conversations with your spouse. A lot of times men are not on board as much as the wives are. And maybe you need to talk to your family about what that might look like. Um, And so those two come hand in hand. And then I would say the second piece is kind of that capacity because in the United States of America, 40% of people report that they're interested in adoption, but actually only 2% actually adopt. And so I don't think that everybody who thinks about adopting should adopt. (laughs) And that's actually Mm -hmm. probably not a good thing. Um, But If you have that perfect alignment between the motivation piece, your heart's in the right spot and the capacity, and you say, you know what, we have um, the capacity to add another child to our family or sibling group or any of those things, that is like the perfect combination. And it doesn't mean it's not scary. It's still scary, but I think that is a great place to start. And if you have done the hard work and the heart work, then I would say, jump right in. You will not regret it. You'll never look back. And it will change your life like it changed mine. That is beautiful. Now, that was equally like such a beautiful personal share. And it was also so real. And I want to thank you for that because, right, you don't want to be looking through something through rose colored glasses. You want to have a realistic perspective because this is someone's life. Okay. This is a child's life, you know, and and that's a big deal. And um, I actually heard of a person today that we know and they were going, oh, you know, I'm, 
you know, my, my life has settled down a little bit. And I think if I just adopted a baby, that would make me happy. And I went, mm, you know, it's not just about making you happy. That's it's, right. it's about what is in the best interest of the child. And can I really be that stable figure that they need? You know, it, it's so true. It's so true. And so I think a lot of people have these thoughts about adopting, but like you have to really get in there and think about your heart and your hard work and having conversations. And again, best interest of the child that is number one um, across the board before you would ever make any kinds of decisions. I, that is so true. And I have to say, I just have to say like big kudos to you for adopting. Thank you for sharing those statistics with us that only 2% of people actually do end up adopting. And I feel like people who adopt, they actually have like this true heart. Like you have such a big heart to do that. You know what I mean? Like yes. that is something that I feel we need to shine a spotlight on these ones in society because it's totally a selfless thing to do and we need more of it. And, um, you know, just, wow. I'm in awe of you. Totally. Well, you are really sweet. Thank you. Um, okay. Let's, um, talk about another portion of this. Cause a lot of people want to adopt, but you know, there is a, a, a price component there. Yeah. So, um, how expensive is it to adopt in the U S um, and how, um, you know, e expensive could that be? So it depends. And this is a good question. And so I do, you know, I field a lot of adopting questions on my Instagram. It's, I talk a lot about family life and the part of that for us is adopting. So we have three children, two are adopted. Mm -hmm. So when you adopt, you can adopt internationally using an agency. You can adopt domestically, which would be a child stateside, typically an infant, but not always. Mm -hmm. Um, you can go the foster care route where, so you would become a foster family. The number one goal with fostering is always reunification, mm -hmm. but there are always situations where, um, the opportunity to adopt that child might come up. And then the last one is a private adoption and a private adoption would be, you know, a family kind of makes it known publicly. A lot of people are using social media or their other networks and saying, Hey, we're open to adoption and seeing if they can make a match with a birth mother looking for a family, mm -hmm. um, without using the agency. So the international agency is pretty expensive. You know, there's just mm -hmm. a lot of, there's a lot of people involved when you, mm -hmm. especially when you're leaving the United States. I mean, there's agencies here, there's agencies in, you know, China or wherever you might be looking. Um, there's caseworkers and you have to fly there, right? You have mm -hmm. to stay sometimes in the country for two or three weeks. I mean, that alone is an enormous expense for families. So that can add up pretty quickly. Um, I would say that's probably one of the more expensive ways. Mm -hmm. Obviously, if you are fostering, you know, there's no cost there, but that looks a little bit different. Like your goals would be different. Um, because you would of course be hoping for reunification, but it's possible and it happens all the time. And there's tons of kids in the foster care system looking for families and then private adoption, you know, it'd be lawyer fees. So, I mean, that could be a really reasonable way. If you really feel like adoptions on your heart, like a lot of people, I think held up on the expenses. Mm -hmm. There's lots of ways. There's great nonprofits out there giving families grants and resources. And so if it's written on your heart, you will find a way to do it. And I would not let expenses hold anybody back. 
That is so true. Um, one thing I noticed, because like I mentioned, I, I kind of have an interest in this topic. Yeah. And so I will time to time look at different areas. And I remember when I was um, back on the East Coast, it was like kind of harder to like find kid babies in the area or little ones that needed adoption just in that particular area yeah. that I was in. But now that I'm in Southern California, there's a ton of- wow you know, and I'm just like, wow. So I think maybe even looking at a different part of the country, yeah, where it, it could be helpful too. you know, um, so it's just like, wow, what a difference that was. But um, yeah, it's true. And COVID has changed a lot of things. Um, mm -hmm. Some some, you know, resources for families have been upped. So maybe not as many people are placing, but like, I think you just made a really good point about like, it's very different from state to state and community to community, depending upon socioeconomic status and all of these other things um, are huge factors. So like, but I wouldn't let that deter anybody. Right. I would say, you know, there, there's definitely a way for sure. Definitely. Definitely. Um, Wow. Well, thank you for breaking that down, you know, with all the different types of adoptions and everything. And I'm just excited that I, I feel privileged that I do know a couple of individuals who gone through adoption, you know, from the, from the child's perspective in a couple of those different ways, you know, one was a foster child, um, okay. another was adopted from birth and they're all these amazing individuals, you know, and they just are awesome. So yeah. it's kind of nice to see what that whole process looks like, you know, at the end, you know? Yes. Yes. Uh -huh. Very cool. Uh-huh. Um, okay. So let's talk about you and your, um, decision to adopt. So what made you want to adopt? Okay. So, um, thank you for asking this. So we have three children, our first child, um, my daughter, Molly, who is six and a half. We had her in 2015 and that was, um, a life-changing experience in and of itself to become a first time mom and to become a parent. Oh, that's just, that really changes your life doing that. And so we have always, my husband and I, we've always wanted a bigger family. And so after we had Molly, we actually, we were never able to get pregnant again. And we don't, we don't know why uh, we worked with a fertility clinic, which I would not wish on my worst enemy to have to go through that. I know it affects so many, mm -hmm. um, young women in the United States. I think it's one in eight, which is an obscenely high number, mm -hmm. but it's a really stressful process. And so we did that. And basically, you know, at the end of the day, it was unexplained, which happens, I think to about 20% of women, which is good because like, you don't need your uterus removed, but it's bad because if there's nothing if, if there's no problem, there's nothing to fix. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, we ultimately kind of walked away from there and we said, you know, let's just take a couple weeks. Let's just see, you know, let's just collect our thoughts, not have these medical appointments. Um, we were kind of at a crossroads, if you will. And so eventually, um, we had some hard conversations with each other about what we wanted our lives to look like and the capacity that we had. And we ultimately doubled down on this really deep desire that we have um, to be a big family, to mentor to kids, to shepherd to kids, um, to love on kids. I mean, we're just we're kind of kid people. We're family people. Like we're mm -hmm. those people who bring our kids everywhere. Even when you're not really supposed to bring them, we're like, eh, <laughs> it's fine. There's only three, there's not seven, you know? 
And, um, you know, and through that process, we had such clarity and peace about moving forward with adoption. And so I'm so grateful for that road because I think it just, we really got an opportunity to say, Hey, who are we as people? What do we believe in? How can we, um, you know, show up for it? a family, step in the gap for a family who wants to partner with us, um, ultimately with a birth family. And so it's overwhelming in the beginning because, you know, we didn't know at the time that many adopted families or adoptees. It's so crazy. Some of these people I've known for like 15, 20 years, you know, I shouldn't not know well, but you know, you went to college with them. They're Mm -hmm. like, Hey, I was adopted. And I was like, how did you never tell me this? Oh my gosh. You know? And so they've been a wealth of knowledge. And so, you know, and the other thing is, um, so technically we fell under that group of secondary infertility and statistically, these are the women who are least likely to get help because they say, Mm -hmm. Oh, I have one beautiful baby you know, who am I to take up time when, um, you know, there's so many families out there who are trying to get pregnant and that kind of thing. And so, um, you know, that put me in a very interesting category, but, um, you know, through this experience, we explored adoption. We had amazing peace, amazing clarity, and we worked with an agency locally here in Pennsylvania, they work around the country. And so, um, gosh, adoption, like changed our life. It changed everything. And so we adopted our second and then it was no question for me, we were going to adopt again. So both, actually both of our boys, um, are adopted. One is three and a half and one's 18 months. And so for us, we did that hard work. We did that hard work and we have, we have literally never looked back. I love that so much. I mean, wow, what an incredible story and and what a way to change something that could have been very difficult to get through into something positive and finding a new avenue, you know, to get given away, you know, yourself, but also as a couple, you know, I just think that that is just great. It's just great. Um, so let's talk about now some of the, cause you know, of course, um, you know, I, I followed you on Instagram and I just love your page guys. Definitely please check her page out. Let me have you say it. So I know I don't mess it up. Yeah, no, you're good. So my page is at Susanna dot Um, so now let's, let's talk about this um, one post that I really liked on your Instagram, which was, uh, it was one of your posts and you mentioned that, um, the question you get is how will ad- adopting affect my other kids? What yeah. have you learned and what can you share with us? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people reach out to me to talk about adopting and they, they just like share like the reasons they like the reasons they're holding back, I guess. Oh. And so one of these is always, well, I already have two kids and like, will this be, you know, a dumpster fire? Maybe, you know, but like <laughs> you could all, you could also just have a third baby and that could also be a dumpster fire. Truly. Right. Truth, truth. <laughs> and I find that like a lot of this has to do with control. When you're in the adoption community, you really give up a lot of control, right? The, mm. the birth mothers, you know, we were selected by both of our son's birth mothers, which is, um, amazing that we have that connection. And so 
but well, like we're not calling the shots. They're calling the shots, right? Mm-hmm. The hospital, um, you know, um, they're calling the shots. Sometimes in foster care, you're like not really told the whole story, right? And so um, sometimes international adoption, it takes longer than they say it will. And like, you just have to give up control. Mm-hmm. And this is hard for a lot of women and a lot of parents, you know, because life is a lot easier when we have control and we can make some of these choices. But I've learned um, that any new child you bring to your house is going to bring change and change is not bad. Change Mm -hmm. is change. Right. And so um, I would encourage people to not be too hung up on what they can control, but into instead, like sort of lean into the adventure, lean into the fun, Mm -hmm. you know, and of course there are situations where you might be adapting with special needs. And I always encourage those families, just, just be transparent, Mm -hmm. talk to your kids, right? Tell them what's coming, prepare them as much as you can. Even a three or four-year-old can understand change when you're getting, you know, when you're really taking the time to explain it to them. Mm-hmm. Um, but change is change. And so will your other kids be affected? Of course. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that that's not necessarily a negative experience. And so if you can communicate and you can be real and, um, you know, transparent, I think that goes a really long way and just let go of control that, you know, many things where many times we're worrying about things we can't control anyway. Mm-hmm. And so that can be like really freeing once you say, okay, I'm stepping into this process and I'm going to be the best version of myself and show up well, and I'm going to let the chips fall where they may. I love it. I love it. Um, now, what challenges have you had to overcome or challenges, challenges that you've experienced as an adopting mom? Yeah, this is a good question too, because there are challenges, right? And there are um, things that, you know, adoptive families are dealing with that other families might not. The first Mm -hmm. is, I would say it's the same as any mom, right? Bringing more kids means more chaos. And so when we brought home our third, um, it was a doozy. He was a terrible sleeper. 2021 was a really rough year around here. We were outnumbered by kids <laughs> dealing with a pandemic. Uh, we had significant water damage in our house. Someone totaled our car. I mean, I could oh, go on and God. on and that's just, that's just, that's any mom. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's mm-hmm. a challenge of any mom, but I would say added to that in our particular situation, um, one of our day-to-day experiences is that our family looks different. So mm. both of my sons are um, adopted domestically. They're both black. It's very obvious that <laughs> they are adopted as soon as we walk into a room. <laughs> and so, you know, right now, right now it's easy because if people do a double take, you know, my second is such a ham and he laughs. Oh my <laughs> gosh, his laugh is so contagious and people just are enamored with him. And so, you know, we're lucky we live in a diverse community where there's other families who are different like us. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's going to come a day when they, uh, they might feel a certain way about being different, about being in a different kind of family. And so for me, that's a challenge I take very seriously. And one that I'm thinking about ways where we are very intentional about talking about this idea that different is not bad and mm-hmm. different does not mean, um, something negative and it's okay to be different and different, you know, a lot of movers and shakers and people stepping out are different. 
right? And so for us, it's important that they have, you know, black role models, black teachers. We live in a diverse neighborhood and also like other adopted friends who they can just shoot the breeze with, right? Mm -hmm. And they can, you know, share experiences. But, you know, the average mom doesn't have to think about some of those things. And I do, and it's definitely a challenge, but you know, it's, it's one that we talked about way before we ever got the opportunity to adopt our boys and definitely one we're up for now. It's a lot easier said than done. We'll see what the, you know, we'll see what the teen years bring, but (laughs) I'm excited. I think you're going to be just fine because just sitting here talking with you, I can tell your heart is just full of love and these everybody in the family is being so loved and you guys are just doing such a great thing. And oh, to thank me, you, Clary. Yeah, no, seriously. Like when I think about the the individuals that I've talked to who have been, you know, grown up in adopting families, that is what their grounding piece is. Well, yeah. hey, you know what? I was in an environment where I was loved. And, and that is really all it really boils down to. And I just want to say thank you so much for that transparency. Um, thank you for being bold to do something different. That's right. You know, um, having a family that doesn't all, you know, yeah, quote unquote, look, I mean, my family is biological and we don't all look alike. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I, I get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So and sometimes you get those double takes, but you know what? It's the love. It's just the love. That's it. That's all that matters. Yeah. Well, we are definitely leaning into that. That's for sure. I love it. I just love it. Um, Okay, guys, um, this has been such an informative um, episode. And I highly suggest if you are considering adoption, if you have any questions, um, Susanna is very readily available on her Instagram. Um, She does a lot of work in this area of kind of easing that transition from, you know, thinking about adopting to actually, you know, going to process and can be a great support. Um, This has given me some really good things to think about. And I'm sure all the other listeners as well. So I want to thank you so much for being here and sharing that. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Clary. This was so fun. I and please tell anybody to reach out to me anytime. I'm so happy to chat. Awesome. And of course, guys, her uh, information will be linked in the description um, of the episode on podcast and everything. So definitely uh, get connected and check that out. All right, ladies, I want to thank you so much for listening to Work It Lady. Have a great day and we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks a lot.